Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. I'm the Jock. This is the Doc, and we are on part two of our Becoming Brilliant at the Basics. Uh, if you didn't see part one, it was on appearance, and go back and check it out. But today we're talking about nonverbal communication. So, Dr. J, what is it? Why is it important? Break it down for me. Well, you've seen the stats where they talk about that, you know, when we're thinking about communication, over 50% of it is body language alone. And so nonverbal communication really has to do with what it sounds like. It's, it's not, I'm not talking to you, but it's all the other language communication that I'm giving you through my, the way that I carry my body, the way that I move the body, um, the proximity, all of those facets and the messages that I send with it. And if it's more than half, of our communication, the person that is receiving whatever you're giving out is getting a message and we have to be super careful about, is that the message we wanted to send? Yeah, and so I like to break this down because uh, we do some one-on-one personal training and we do some small group training and there's a little bit of difference on how you do this, but like uh, one thing I notice a lot on the training floor is just the proximity. Now, I think COVID scared people away because we were thinking the six foot distance, we want to stay away, which was, I think, smart at the time because we're following guidelines and all this different exactly. stuff. But at the same time, I see people kind of almost scared to get close again. So when we're on a one-on-one setting and I see a trainer over there like seven, eight feet away of like, are they even doing one-on-one personal training with them? And, and the client, are they feeling that perception of like, do I feel safe? Are they spotting me? Are they paying attention to what I'm doing? I'm paying for these higher prices uh, for the one-on-one. Am I getting that sort of attention? And when it comes to the, the more the small group or even large group training sessions of like, if, if you just have a coach that's kind of far away, like you, you, you don't feel like they're paying any attention to you. So you're not getting any of this nonverbal communication because um, this is something I talk about with different classes that I go to. Take yoga, for example. If, if I go to a class, say it's a yoga class, and someone is just at the front and they're just telling me what to do, but they're not walking around watching, they're not queuing, they're not observing anything I'm doing. I'm like, well, what's the point of me even coming to this? Because I could just watch the video online and, and get the same cues. Absolutely, and especially with online, that has become much more of, of a thought because if you don't feel to your client um, significantly different than watching it online and, and participating that way, you're really losing that opportunity to really show the value of that one-on-one or even small group, large group training. And the other thing with, you know, you talked about COVID or the six feet, things like that. The other thing is, is how close and how far, just even with a normal range. So typically pre-pandemic, we'd often take like arm length. That would be an appropriate conversational tone. But if you are spotting, obviously you want to be in the yep. position in the proximity. The other thing is, is that with different, um, different facilities and different things, if your music is loud in your facility or really like, you know, you're dropping the beat a lot and it's just a lot of that, your clients may also have a hard time hearing you. And if they're in a position where they're not directly facing you and things like that, your proximity lets them know you're still paying attention and it may also aid in that hearing. So you have to play that by ear based on their ability to hear, whether it's the ambient noise or own hearing um, facilities, and then also just what feels right for the exercises that you're doing. I think also positioning too, like we have a, a, a piece of equipment called the booty builder. And so people put their, their shoulder blades on one end, they put the feet on the platform and they, they bridge up. And so if you're standing down here, staring right at the crotch, like that's not a good like right. feeling for this person. Exactly. You know, it's like position yourself. Like there's several of these movements we do in training that it seems a bit vulnerable, whether it's male or female, whether it doesn't really matter. It's just like you need to position yourself so you can one, um, 
it shows that you're paying attention, but two, it doesn't seem like you're being a creep at the same time. Yeah, and it's being purposeful yeah. about and mindful about where, wh why am I standing? Where am I standing? Is it to look at forms, certain things like that? Is it to provide safety and security for someone? Um, is it just to engage with them and encourage them while they're doing something difficult? But what is my purpose of where I'm standing as opposed to, I told them what to do and now I'm back here just waiting for you to get it done. Big difference there. Another thing that I've seen in the past trainer too is um, they would they would sit back on the bench and they would cross the leg and they'd have their drink out there and while someone's doing the movement. And something I had to have talk with several times of like, listen, like you need to look engaged. If the person's working, you need to be up, you need to be moving around. Even though like you might not even be correcting the whole time you're moving around, you need to look like you're 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 engaged in what's going on. And you have to be ready to act. Yep. So again, sure. if I'm sitting back and a situation happens, whether it's my client or someone else's, if I'm just sitting back with my feet and I have a drink, my reaction time, my ability to be responsive is much diminished. And so people can sense that. And also you should just, that's your role and that's your job at the point. You're not on break. Uh, another thing is just like, where are your eyes? And so we got a few different things here. Like uh, I remember Can't wait to hear these. <laughs> I, I remember a trainer in the past, like I'd look out there and he'd be like biting his nails and he'd be looking at him, biting his nails. And again, maybe you, you're like, well, my client's in a position, they can't see it, but like there's typically other people, people around. around. And, and the way that my facility works is that like um, typically a client has a primary trainer, but like if that trainer's out of town, like everybody will work with everybody. Like we have a good system of like the, the, the main trainer in charge is right in the program form, but everyone can execute it. So if that client needs to change their schedule or if the trainer's out of town, everyone can work with them. And I'll hear people like, well, I just don't want to work with that person. And it could be these simple things like this. Or like they don't look like they're safe spotting me or they look like they're paying attention off something else or anything like that. Another one is like, we don't allow uh, cell phones on the floor because this is something I've seen in, in big gyms, big box gyms I've gone to. It's like, there's a personal trainer out there, they're working with a client and they're on their cell phone. Like this person's paying top dollar for your attention and you're on here. I keep tablets out there. It's got the workouts on there, they can see that. If they need to look something up on the internet for whatever reason, because sometimes clients are asking sure. about certain things, yeah. like they still have access to that. But it's just like, you know, you're, you're paying attention to, you know, what's going on with the client and also the surroundings too. So it's a safe environment for everywhere. And you're also kind of planning what your next thing is going to be. Yeah. And, and almost like back to your fingernail thing. The other thing to remember is we all grow up or we have our own isms, things that make us and other things. And so if something doesn't bug you, but it might bug someone else, like it's just kind of thinking about that and what you're distracted with as opposed to engaging with them. And so uh, really the last one, the big one, and probably the one I struggle the most at, um, she'll love this one, is, is really just the facial expressions. So uh, you dive into this and then I'll give my, uh, my two cents afterwards. So facial expressions, so a couple of things. We know that people mirror one another. So when we're having a conversation, you and I are going to mirror, yeah, I wasn't smiling yet, but you made me smile. So the point is, is we're mirroring each other in some degree. I'm talking, you're nodding, you're leaning in. So you're saying, I hear you and I acknowledge that. So you're giving me ongoing feedback while we talk. My facial expressions can very much set the tone. If I have just a very grumpy or kind of the um, RBF, then um, we all know what that is, then you're going to not sense that I'm excited, that I'm engaged with you. And so if I'm looking all the way around, things like that. So it's really important to um, 
again, be mindful of what kind of feeling and experience. Do I want this person to feel acknowledged? Do I want this person um, to know that I'm listening? Do I want them to feel like there's trust and a safe space to communicate those types of things? And then also is the notion of, I may also want to use my facial expressions to shape an experience. So somebody might be grunting, groaning, being like, this is too hard, I can't do that. They might not feel confident what they can. And if you're leaning in and you're smiling and your eyes are bright and you're just like, you got this, and you're being highly responsive that way, they're more likely to be able to mirror that. Where if you're like, well, yeah, I'm sure you got this. You know, don't worry about it. You got it. Very different experience. Yeah, and this is where I say that I have to turn it on. And so I think this is, is kind of going to, and this is another category we're going to get into, is kind of knowing yourself of like, I have a more of a stoic kind of, just the way I talk and my facial expressions and act, like not too much gets me riled up unless I'm giving someone a hard time kind of deal. Um, but like when I have a client come in, like I gotta, I gotta turn it on. It's like, hey, how are you doing today? Like, how's the body feeling? Like, how's um, your kid doing with this thing? It's like, it's, it's being able to step that up and kind of know that because if I can show that I'm excited to see them, they're gonna be excited to be there and they're gonna have an overall feeling. It's kind of back to the same, like, uh, very few people are going to remember what you said, but they're going to remember how they, the way they felt when they were around you. So a lot of it has to do with that. And it's it's something that we talk about from even our um, office manager that's working the front desk. Like it's a positive experience when they come in. It's like, yes. hi, and then know their name. As a trainer, greets them, you know, once they get past the front desk. It's like, hi, it's just bringing that in. So so bringing that, you know, the, the facial expressions, the energy, um, making sure that they feel welcomed and this is a good place, even if they're having a bad day. Like this is a very important. And, and part of the, one of the tricks to that is also understanding when your facial expressions um, more naturally come and when they don't. So for you, for example, when you get to talk with your hands and you have that opportunity, your facial expressions will more fully engage. When you have to hold your tablet, stand, kind of those kind of things, they tend to diminish. So knowing also, can I put myself in a position where I'm more likely to be able to do that? The other thing, of course, is and for example, we'll take you again, is when you're talking, your facial expressions will light up more. If you're listening, you are just actively listening, and, and, but you're not sending any messages that you do. Yeah. So that's going to be where you're going to tend to have to work harder. And my only point in bringing that up, besides the fact that it's fun to pick you apart on camera, I'm kidding, is, um, is really that some people go, oh, I'm not good at facial expressions, or some say like, oh, that person's really good. Most of us have areas where we can really highlight and expand that in other areas where we have to work. And it's much easier to go, what's that one area that I really kind of need to focus on versus I just have to be better in general. Perfect. Okay. Um, to wrap up, uh, number two of, what's, what are we talking about? <laughs> becoming brilliant at the basics. Yeah. Becoming brilliant at the basics. Um, we'll see you next time.